Our Lord Jesus, we turn our eyes to you. Father, we thank you for who you are. Lord Jesus, we can only be here tonight because of you, because of what you've done for us. And Lord Jesus, we pray that, Lord, as we just got such a, a sweet sense of your presence tonight, Father, we ask that you would keep speaking to us. Lord, speak to us. Lord, speak into us. Lord, make us different that we can be more like you. And we love you for that, King Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Right, evening, everyone. How are you guys doing? Hello, everyone. Hello, Anzal. Ek is so blij jylle is hier, want nou kan ek Afrikaans by my preek sê. O, dis a goeie idee. <laughs> nou kan jylle in nie. Okay, that's exciting. So you lock yourself out of your own house. That's really cool. Alright, so I'm going to put my phone down there. Because I want to I want to play a song to you guys just now when I'm when I'm done. But um, last week, Maurice had uh, she felt that the Lord showed her a picture of a station, right? It was last week, yeah. And um, and the Lord was asking us to get on the train. Do you guys know that Amanus is the only town in the world that has got a that had a fully functioning train station? that never had a train in it. It had a fully functioned tra train station, but it's never, ever had a train in it. The checkers at the station, a minor station building, it has never, ever had a train in it. It was built for, for a train, but it never had a train in it. And you see... That train building was built, but it was, was actually never used for what it was actually designed for. It was designed to allow a train to come, but a train has never, ever gone in it. And so what happens is, out of that place and where we are, it feels like God is saying to us that it's time for us to get on the train. Because you can stand and you can watch the train and you can wave the train goodbye. But if you don't get on the train, you actually get left behind. And so last week when I was actually, um, Nolan, we, and, and we were at a preacher's club on Saturday last week. And, and when we sat in the front, I think Nolan also read the guy's shirt in front of us. And I was busy prepping and I was trusting the Lord for something for, for last Sunday. And then I saw the shirt, and it was like God spoke to me through the shirt. And I was like, okay. So I took a photo of it, but I, I, I accidentally deleted it. So after I prepped, I accidentally deleted it because I cleaned up my phone. But then last week, Nolan and Maurice did a stunning job in, in preaching in, with flashlights and darkness. They did a good job because yeah, Kim wasn't doing well. But this week, I want to share this with you guys. And, and there's a couple of things. I want to I share with you, it says that as a train goes through a dark tunnel, we don't jump off the train because we're scared of it. 
but we trust the driver because he knows where he's going. So I am going to use some Afrikaans words in between. I've been asked nicely. So I'll try, okay, I'll do my very best to, to put Afrikaans in it. So the first thing I wanted to, to speak about is take the risk. What does it mean to take a risk? Okay, what is risk in Afrikaans? Risiko, I say. I'm going to ask guys to help me with that one, okay? Fata risiku. Do something that you haven't done before. And how do you spell faith? No. R-I-S-K. You cheated because you knew. <laughs> Risk. Risking. I say. So, Taking a risk is doing something that you wouldn't normally do. Who's ever done something really risky? Okay. Hannes, what have you done that's really risky? <laughs> okay, that is quite risky and scary. You know what was my riskiest thing that I've ever done? I got married. <laughs> So I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. And as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Do you think being a fisherman's risky? No, not really. Because they were only on a river, on a lake. They weren't on the ocean. Right next Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20 says, at once they left their nets and they followed him. Verse, that's the two verses, eh? To 22. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John, and they were in the boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. And Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. I think that was risky. Doing something completely outside of the norm. Most of you all moved to Amarnas. All right? That was risky. Because it's outside of the norm. You didn't just come to Amarnas to come and retire and die. If you did, I feel sorry for you. Because then you're definitely in the wrong place. Well, that's not cool, bro. Right? Amarnas, people have said that Amarnas is a place where you come and retire. You come and watch the ocean until you close your eyes for the last time and it's over. I don't, I don't believe that. Jesus called us to be followers of Christ. And when we become followers of Christ, the final risk is gone. What do I mean by that? When you die one day, is it the end? Jesus went and said, oh, death, where is your sting? Because the final risk is gone. 
because Jesus already paid the price. So why are we scared to live our lives as Christians? Who commands us bang? Buy a bang. Who commands us bang? And for me, to see what he says. Why are we scared? We can talk about rugby. We can talk about cricket. We can talk about anything else. But as soon as we in a conversation with someone and they start talking about church, we're like, mm-hmm, I don't know. I don't want to tell you I'm a Christian because it makes me uncomfortable. What's the worst that they can do to you? What can they do? Nothing. But we as people, as Christians, need to learn to take the risk. In Romans 8 verse, 8 verse 1 it says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Romans 8 38, 39 says, Neither death nor life will be able to separate us from the love of God. So nothing can separate you when you become a Christian. When you give your life 100% to Jesus with no compromise, nothing can take you away. Luke 21 says, Some of you they will put to death, but not a hair on your head will perish. Luke 21, 16 and 18. And John eleven twenty five says, Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. Because the greatest threat of death has become our door into paradise. You know that? Many people think that when you die, death is the end. But for Christians, believing in Jesus, living their lives for the king and the kingdom, it is actually a door. Because when you die, you actually open the door into eternity. You step through and you're like, wow, this is awesome. So for us, death is no longer sting. Om dood te gaan is nie meer a ding. This is not important. You guys with me? Jesus calls us to take risks for kingdom purposes. If Kim and I never took the risk to come to Omanis, to come and plant Josh Jen Omanis, this church would never be here. You Oaks would never be sitting here. Because we had to take a risk, step out of our comfort zone, be uncomfortable, come to a town where we didn't know anyone, and say, Lord, will you add people to us? Honest, I like your blankie, bro. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to step out and serve in an area that you've never served before. Who's good at making coffee? Linda's had lots of practice, right? You're pretty good at making coffee. So why don't you help making coffee? Okay? Tonight, Lisa was playing guitar on the electric. She hasn't played lots before, but she's getting it because she's stepping out and saying, I'm willing to do it. Taking a risk. Can I tell you guys something? I... Last week, Wednesday, we had a combined comm between Fisher Haven, well, the Fudge Haven guys and Sunpark because guys were sick. And I made a challenge. 
Heman, come stand here by me, bro. I made a challenge for guys to come and pray on Friday morning. I want to tell you guys, I took my hat off to this young man on Friday morning. He got up and he started cycling at half past four from the farm in Bort River to be at prayer on his bike. That's commitment. That's risking. Being willing to pay the price to be at prayer. Through Halston, at half past four in the morning, guys, you know how cold it was? That was Leucoat. But this guy cycled and he was at prayer. That's commitment. Willing to cycle 17 kilometers to come and pray. That's risking. And I want to commend him to, this evening in front of all of the church and say, well done, bro. Because that's an example for us. Some of us struggled a little bit to get out of our bed and our mattresses. But this oak cycled from half past four to be there. Because he, he gave himself an hour and a half because he didn't want to be late. He got there at half past five and he woke Colin up like, hey, bro, I'm outside your gate. But he was there. He needed about 10 cups of coffee to warm up, but he was there. Well done, Brie. Well done. So sign up for leadership training. Sign up for calm training. If you don't think you can be a calm leader, well, come for training. If you've never done youth before and you think, Maybe I'll be okay with young people. Then come visit the youth on a Friday night. Come see. Come see. Come do something different. Risk a little. Have faith a little. Have faith that God can do something in you. My second point, and this is a tough one. Matthew 21, 22. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And my second point is trust the weight. Vertrou op die wacht. Hey, ek is alright. Trust the weight. Waiting is always hard. Who's impatient here? Okay, Levi, I love him with all my heart, but he was driving me nuts this weekend. Because on Saturday morning, we went to Cape Town to spend time with my folks. And my mother-in-law said she would meet us at 2 o'clock to give him his birthday present. Okay, 9 o'clock, he's like, Daddy, what time are we going to call, call Oma to organize my present? Like, Levi, it's 9 o'clock. We're seeing her at 2. At 10 o'clock. Daddy, when are we going to phone Omar? I'm like, Levi. 11 o'clock, Daddy, when are we going to phone Omar? 12 o'clock, Daddy, when are we going to phone Omar? Half past 12, Daddy, when are we going to phone Omar? I said to him, Levi, if you ask me one more time. But we are exactly the same when it comes to God. Abraham and Sarah, God gave them the promise of a child. 
What did Sarah do? She was impatient. Oh, no, Lord, ah, it's not going to work. So let me give you Hagar. And we know the history of Hagar. We know the history. That's why the Arabs, the Jews and the Arabs don't get along. They've never gotten along. But it was their own doing. Because sometimes we try and we try to force God's hand. And when we force God's hand and we're not willing to wait for him to step in, what do we do? What say the Afrikaans word? A hastig hond verbrand sy mond. We got Milo and Tucker, our two dogs. Milo will sit nice and gently and wait for his food. Tucker, if you give it to him, he goes, just guns it away. He doesn't even chew it. He just swallows it. And sometimes we as Christians are exactly the same. We're not willing to wait. Right in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and, 4 and 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but, I can't hear you, wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus even said to his disciples, wait. Because sometimes God wants us to wait. We need to trust in the wait. Because it's in the waiting that he shapes us. Because before he gives us what we want, he wants to work in us. To shape us. To make us who he wants us to be so he can move us forward. Trust means totally relying upon spiritual truth. Believing that what we believe is true. Trust. Geloof. What's trust in Afrikaans? Vertrouw. As say. A smaaklik. Ach, dankie, Hannes. Ek gaan probeer meer Afrikaans vir julle met die hoogere Afrikaans spreek. Ek raak. <laughs> I suck at Afrikaans and I am Afrikaans. But anyway, so, vertrouw nie. Asse. Okay. No. So, having trust and believing one another. So if you, if I had to ask here tonight, who trusts me. Really trust me. Do you? Do you guys trust one another? Do you trust the person sitting next to you? Eh? I trust I trust that man at the back there because he wears double undies and only shorts. He's a boor. He told me that before the service. That's why. Because you see what happens, a sinking needs to happen. A sinking needs to happen. And that means what we have here needs to move here. And there's four things what we need to do while we wait for the Lord. Number one, we need to watch. We need to watch God work His way 
Number two, we need to ask God about his purposes. Why? Number three is we need to invite God to work in our hearts. And number four is we need to trust God to fulfill his plan. Ask, watch, ask, invite, and trust. Then I get to my third point. Who's really scared here? Who gets scared quickly? Who's bong? Bang for alles. I say bang for alles. Who's bang for a mace? Who's, who's scared of rats or little mouse? Who's, you know what I'm scared of? I can handle rats. I can handle snakes. You know what freaks me out is a rain spider. I can't stand a rain spider. It's like, the, like we just moved into our house in Hermanus. So, so we had this rain spider in our room the one day. So I got it onto the side of the broom. And now as I'm walking down the passage, this thing's running towards me on the handle of the broom. So I go and I, I'm like, no. And then I put it down, I grab the other side and it starts running towards me. I did eventually put it in the tree and it was fine. But rain spiders are the scariest things. Freaks me out. But you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. Near. Philippians 4 verse 13 says what? I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So what that means is that sometimes we need to do things that scares us. And Nolan and I, we're pretty good at this, to pull people to do things that they don't want to do. Colin's one of those. Colin doesn't like to be in the front, but what do I do? I pull Colin and I'm like, come boys. Andrea started working for me just over a week ago, hey? So she's working with me, and I've stretched Andrea quite a bit this week. Got her to phone people, speak to people she's never spoken about. She's learned what a locum doctor is. Suddenly she's had to learn all of these different courses. What are these guys doing? What is that? And then last week, one of our doctors didn't arrive, so I phoned her. So Andrea had to get on the phone, and Jandre said she was running all over the place, trying to contact everyone to try and get this organized. And you know what? We eventually got the shift sorted. But sometimes... We have to do something that actually scares us. You've got to step out and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do something which is uncomfortable because it's going to grow me. It's going to stretch me. It's going to make me do more than what you've ever done. And you know what that means is actually doing outreaches. Who likes going on outreaches? Okay, there's only like two of you, right? 
So I'm going to, what we are going to do is, I was talking about it last night, and we'll still chat with Nolan and him. I had an idea. I, I get scared when I get ideas. <laughs> I was thinking for us as our first comm celebration as a whole congregation, where we do a combined comm, you know what we must do is each comm needs to come as a country. And you have to dress up as that country. No. South Africa is not allowed because that's just easy. So you've got to dress up like, like a country. Think about it, how cool that will be. And you've got to bring the food of that country. Just make sure you don't poison anyone. All right? But I think that's cool. What do you guys think? Who's in for that? Okay, cool. I like that idea. So we're going to do that. No. No. So, number four is embrace the uncertainty. What do I mean by that? Yes, I'm going to try and say this in Afrikaans. Um, in Afrikaans, it's like, Jy sal nie altyd weet nie. Daar is nie altyd die antwoord nie. Ek hoop ek, ek, ek verduidelik het alright. Okay? I'll get there. Just chill. Yes, bro. Like the peanut gallery. <laughs> so embrace the uncertainty. It means that sometimes God will let you do something without explaining it. He will let you do something which is totally outside of your norm. And there isn't actually an answer for it. And we need to settle in our hearts that God is actually for us. We need to know that God is for us. In Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7 it says, My assistant, well done. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. We need to settle it in our hearts that God is for us. And sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I tell you guys, it's the, it's the scariest thing working for yourself. I know John Dre works for himself. He has a couple of guys that work for themselves. And it's so interesting, like every month, I sit the week before the end of the month, I'm like, Lord Jesus, I have to pay salaries of my staff. I don't know where the money's going to come from. Because I've got to advance money to doctors. I've got, I use cash flow to pay people. And then I'm like, Lord, end of the month's here. I need to trust you. And I pray about it. There's no, nothing else I can do. And then I get this email from MediClinic. We are refunding you. And God's faithful. He comes through. Sometimes he comes through, you know, like, Someone once said to me, it says that, that God works slow, but he's never late. That's hard. Because he works slow, but he's never late. He always comes through. Even if it's 
0.9999, he's there. Because he's always faithful. And we need to settle that thing in our hearts that God is for us. And the Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? My fifth point. It's rise above your limits. You rise in your mind when you have ascended in your soul. What do I mean by that? When we give our hearts to Jesus and we settle it in our hearts that God is for us, then our minds will start shifting and we'll start seeing things differently. Because then something that becomes, that looks like a mountain to you will become a molehill for you. Want baie keer is al goed in ons levens, wat ons nou kyk en ons, ons kyk, hoe kan ek oor die ding kom? Dit is so groot. Is hier die berg in my leven. But in actual fact, when we start changing our mind and we realize that when God is for me, who can be against me? Our problems go from that big to that little. Romans 12 verse 2. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This here. This is where the biggest battle carries on, for your life happens in your mind. Because when the enemy comes, he whispers a thought in your ear, and he puts doubt in you. When you start doubting that God is not for you, when you start doubting that the church doesn't love you, and people in your community doesn't care for you, then the enemy's got you. Because once you realize that, and you believe the enemy's lie, then you become judgmental. And when you become judgmental, you start seeing all the things that people are actually doing wrong, instead of what they're doing right. And God wants us to set our minds on things above and not on things on this earth. And number six, do it for our together future. Do it for ons same toekomst. Hey, impressive. I actually thought about that one. And what does team actually stand for? Together, everyone achieves more. And how do we be together? By fellowship. Because two fellows, you know, ship. When we become fellows in a ship, we become a team. And when we, be, we are a team, we can together achieve more. Because that's what the church is meant to do, is to achieve together. And Romans 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, 
holy and pleasing to God. This is his true and proper worship. Since God has given us mercy, we should submit ourselves to him. We must offer up our bodies as living sacrifices. And we've been talking about that over the past couple of weeks. Was digging wells, becoming part of, of God's family. And we need to give ourselves to one another. Dying to ourselves for others. Point number seven. Keep short accounts. What does that mean? Munifaso as iemand jou offend nie. Keep short accounts. Forgive quickly. Because if we forgive quickly, we can move on quickly. But when we harbor things in our hearts, what it does, we plant a little seed called bitterness. And what we do is, is we grow that seed and we water it every single day. And eventually that bitterness becomes a tree. A tree, it becomes a root of bitterness and it grows into a massive tree. And eventually we are bitter towards everyone around us. You meet someone and we become bitter towards them even though they didn't do anything. And you know what you do with that is you nullify what God wants to do through you because you allow bitterness to be in you. Luke 17 verse 4 says, Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. Seventy times seven. That's hectic. So if John Ray is horrible to Andrea, then Andrea needs to forgive John Ray when he comes and apologizes. 70 times 7. 70 times 7. And there's one big one that I really felt I wanted to share. And we've been speaking about this for a, for a long time. Are you guys all with me still? Okay. Is, it, is, the, is the big scary word. And it's called accountability. Okay? So what do we call that in Afrikaans? Formula clever mensen. Hey? Rekenskap. Okay? So, <laughs> I need to go and read up some Afrikaans. Okay. So, 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 so it comes down to an openness. Accountability is not me having my comm leader, Colin, phoning me every week to ask me how I'm doing. Or me as Yaku with Nolan leading the congregation, phoning you every week, every single person in the congregation saying, how's it going? Are you all right? Because Many times, we don't even know that there's something going on in your life. We don't know. Like, Keeman could have fallen off his bicycle and broken a leg, and we didn't know about it. Or his heart could be broken because um, something happened to him. Maybe Geneve was nasty to him, but we didn't know. All right? 
I'm just using an example. And so what we do is many times we get offended because when we go through tough times, people don't know that you're going through a tough time because you haven't told anyone. But sometimes we expect people to see what's going on in our lives without actually talking to them. We haven't got x-ray eyes to look through your, through your actual walls. You know that in America, they, they, they actually designed this incredible thing. It can, it can keep all of the cold out. You know, it, takes, it keeps the wind out. It's a phenomenal thing. It can keep all of the elements out, and you can still see through it. You know what it's called? Glass. You see, in our lives, many times, we go through things, but we're not open to people to actually say to them, hey, guys, I'm, take, I'm taking strain. I'm sickling. Can you help me? So accountability isn't you've got a friend that you say, I want you to be accountable. I want to be accountable to you, and you must be accountable to me. Okay, cool. Let's be friends. And then a week later, you get offended because the guy doesn't know what's going on in your life. Accountability means you actually open up and you say, listen, Oaks, today I'm struggling because I want to kill the cat because it peed on my bed again. And I saw at my wife because I was miffed at her. Or, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling. I, I don't know what God's purpose in my life is. Because the thing is, we take accountability that it's the leaders in the congregation that's got to phone me to find out what's going on in my life. It doesn't work that way. It works the other way around. Because we come to one another and we open up our lives. That's what accountability actually is. And that is confirmed by James 5 verse 16. Elenik is like, boy, boring. says, James 5 verse 16 says, therefore confess who sins? Your sins to who? One another. And pray for each other or one another so that who may be healed? You. Who's you? Not me. Me. Me, you. Right? You, you, me. Because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So when we want to deal with things in our lives, it means if I'm struggling with something in my heart, I can go and I can phone Nolan and say, hey, Nolan, let's go for a coffee, brew." Okay, cool. We go for a coffee. All right, Nolan, this is what I have in my heart. Can you help me deal with it? And you guys know, and none of you guys know that two weeks ago we had a meeting like that where we sat down and we said, guys, this is something in our hearts that we need to deal with. What do you guys see in us so that we can be more like Christ? And that's accountability. When you're in a community, your community leader is there for you to phone him or to go for a coffee with him and to say to him, hey, guys, this is what I'm struggling with. Can you pray for me? So I can move forward into what God has for me. And Zechariah 13 verse 9 says the following. 
This third I will bring into the fire and I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. And they will call on my name and I will answer them. And I will say, they are my people and they will say, the Lord is our God. Because God wants to refine us. He wants to work in us and he wants to work through us. And what I want to do now is I want to play you guys a song. It's been something, this song's been on my mind for almost a week now. And I want you to listen to the words. And after the song's played, tonight, if you're in that place of all the things that I've spoken about tonight, were you scared to take a risk? You haven't got faith to trust God. You don't trust the weight. It's tough. You're in that place. You're scared to do something that scares you. You're battling with the uncertainty of like, Lord, what do you want to do with me? Raise above, rise above your limits. Do things because of our togetherness. Tonight you need to forgive because you hold things against each other. Husbands, wives, family, friends, people in this congregation that's offended with one another. And you struggle with accountability. In that place, I want tonight, I want to invite you. Because I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do something tonight with us. I haven't preached long. It was a quick 15 minutes. Yeah. It was a quick preach. Yes, you can. While I set up my thing and then we'll we'll Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe be a bit vulnerable with you guys. So um this weekend um I went away on a, a ladies' camp and um I was really, really struggling at the camp and um something that I um sometimes battle with is making friends or relationships. And then it's like sometimes a trust thing, you know, and I think for a lot of us girls we're like I think a lot of girls can relate. So um, so then I, I just couldn't really receive what God had for me. And it was also about drinking wells and from, well, drinking from the Lord's well. And, um, and I just couldn't seem to drink and, yeah, just in my heart receive what the Lord was doing. And then they asked, like, has, has anybody got unbelief? And I was like, my hand, literally, <laughs> it just went up. Like, I didn't even know it was going up. And, yeah, it just, like, went up. And I was like, that's so weird. Anyway, so I had to stand. And then um, and then afterwards, they prayed for me. And, and I actually, um, so it was obviously forgiveness. They asked me, is there someone that I need to forgive? So it's not in this church. <laughs> but there, there was definitely someone. And, um, and as I forgave that, person then there was a string of other people and I was like where's this coming from so um and then after that I just experienced the life of God and I heard him um speak truth to me um where before there was many lies that I was believing about myself and um and then I yeah and then 
like during the night, the Lord just started speaking words of affirmation and truth. But what I wanted to say is sometimes we, um, when we're in a place of unforgiveness or something, then it clouds our perspective and everything else from there just tumbles onto everything negative. And, um, but when we come right before the Lord, the whole perspective just changes and we see things differently and there's a new joy and yeah, and um, I can't explain it, but it's really, I just want to encourage you guys that tonight, if there is really something, not to be scared because I, this weekend was freaked out. Um, there was a lot of leaders there and, and yeah, and I, I don't like exposing myself as some of you know, or being vulnerable, but it was something that I knew God was saying, you need to do this, otherwise you won't have breakthrough. And, um, yeah, I think that for us, it's it's just um, the more we can be vulnerable with one another, we realize, yeah, we're all in the same boat and we're all like that. We all um, sometimes even need deliverance or things. We all struggle with nonsense and um, we just need to talk about it and we can help one another and not judge one another because we all have issues, yeah. So I want to play this song. And I'm going to throw this out there tonight. If you need prayer, it doesn't matter what it is. We want to pray for you. Because I really believe that the Lord wants to come tonight and he wants to set us free so that we can do all these things that I just preached on. Step out of faith and, and not be scared of tomorrow. Living in fear. Living in unforgiveness. Allowing bitterness. Keeping short accounts with people but I want to play the song and listen to it Your church is beautiful Your church is broken But you are holding us together in your arms At times we are shared Just 